You know, there's a lot. You know, I think um, kind of bringing, you know, in the Bible there's this very mysterious line about these Nephilim that were mm-hmm. on the planet, which are these fallen angels, mm-hmm. and trying to figure out a way to bring them to life on the big screen was a big challenge. But we came up with this whole backstory about these, you know, creatures of light that are encased in, you know, uh, the tar of Earth mm-hmm. and trapped here. And sort of uh, that visualization was a really big challenge and, mm-hmm. and a lot of fun to execute. Tell me a little bit about that process yeah. over those years of, you know, this is a big undertaking yes. to take on the Bible ever. Yes. So what was the process of, okay, this is what it says, this is what we're going to use, but we might add some things? Yeah, well, I, we tried not to so-called add things. Mm-hmm. We tried to look at the all the source material, try to understand it, try to absorb it, mm-hmm. try to understand, uh, you know, what connects with You know, because you got to remember, it's not just a biblical story. Mm-hmm. It's also this incredible mythical story mm-hmm. that connects to every person on the planet. Mm-hmm. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of a podcast directed by. So we are getting closer and closer to uh, Mike's freedom for Darren Aronofsky, which he chose. So this is a self-imposed punishment that Mike has put himself through. But this that's time we're going to talk about. Yeah, well, that's true. That is just for all of us, I think. And I think if I remember correctly, this is a movie we're going to talk about Noah, a movie that I think. Mike was one of the few kind of dissenting voices. Uh, mm. Dissenting maybe is the wrong word because everyone else hated it. And Mike was like, mm-hmm. that was pretty good. <laughs> so this you were was... like this light in the dark uh, for Terry yeah. Aronofsky uh, in the I podcasting world. In all matters. Um... Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that with our next episode. We'll see about all that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, this was, Noah was my first podcast ever on uh, War Machine versus War Horse. This was our first episode uh, not wow. the first thing we recorded, but I think after we did a couple months of like, yeah, we know what we're doing, which we clearly did not. Uh, we're like, <laughs> all right, time to tackle Noah. I wish I could remember all three of the movies. I know Take Shelter was one of them, and I think good movie uh, primarily uh, was probably the focus of that episode. Uh, but we were talking about uh, prophetic visions was the theme, and um, I yeah maybe it was uh, because it was my my first foray into podcasting that I made the mistake of being more positive than most. I'm like, that's not the ticket. This is a ticket to failure. <laughs> Go more negative. Don't be nice. Else. Yeah. Don't be honest. What are you doing? But I had not rewatched it since uh, it's theatrical run. And I don't know if, did you gift me with the digital code or did I actually pay for this? I did. No, you didn't pay so for this. This is a freebie. Gave this Sweet. Yeah. 4k too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, okay, so we'll, we'll start with the, you know, the play the hits. Um, looks great. You give, give mm-hmm. Aronofsky a budget. He's been, you know, kind of working, not on yeah. the cheap as far as like he's shooting with an iPhone, but, you know, he, he gets more <laughs> bang, uh, out of his dollar than most, I think, from what we've seen with the fountain. Um, certainly something like Black Swan, which has, uh, a pretty ugly aesthetic, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what they're going mm-hmm. for. Uh, I would say this one just looks pretty, except it's focusing on people doing a lot of ugly things. And it's interesting since I had not rewatched it, how, 
this really could have been a double episode. This and Mother. It's like they're mm, so mm-hmm. closely aligned. It's going to be interesting when we get to that one. Uh, I'll bring the negativity <laughs> uh, of why do I prefer this one as opposed to Mother. And I guess it is because to some degree these characters are... Um, and I think somewhat controversially, an attempt at three-dimensional figures, even though they're playing archetypes, they're playing, you know, biblical figures, um, which by their nature are sort of archetypes, uh, as opposed to Mother, where they are clearly a stand-in for ideas. Right. So I was a big fan of uh, Noah as this uh, guy that makes this sweeping grand gesture, uh, thinks he has a destiny. Uh, he's like Neo in The Matrix, um, and, you know, spoiler alert, he ends up drunk on a beach. Like, he, he ends up having a very unsatisfied feeling after saving creation. Fantastic mm-hmm. to me. That's, yeah. <laughs> I'm all about that. It's, and, I, and I found that uh, particular story beat so interesting because it's, it's Aronofsky kind of turning things on its head. Because uh, in, you know, the actual biblical story, Noah was the town drunk. Who mm-hmm. no one listened to. There's, there was not some great final fight, uh, at the ark <laughs> where people were Rock like, Oh, monsters, you can't leave. Baby. We have to attack you. <laughs> it's no, none of that. It was just like, Oh, he's building an ark. What a fucking weirdo. Like, I don't know where he's getting all that wood, but whatever. Uh, and then, you know, saves humanity. Uh, just him and his family. Whereas this, it kind of like there's this constant conflict, which I, which I kind of like. That especially from someone like Aronofsky, who clearly is religious and is interested in that, I love the fact that he didn't feel pressure to, you know, to adapt it in a way that was completely respectful. It was just like, I'm going to tell this story in my own way. And I think I knew I was going to enjoy this movie. And you had mentioned the look of the movie, um, the scene where the angels become rock monsters, like, you know, crash landing onto Earth and like in the mud and just this like, and it doesn't look like a special effect that probably cost millions and millions of dollars, but it is one that really works. And I kept watching this, I kind of rewound the, you know, the DVD to watch that sequence again. And I was like, this is incredible. It's some of the best visuals that Aronofsky has done. And Aronofsky is kind of known for his visuals as his career goes on. So it's just really impressive to me. And I'm trying to figure out why this movie got so much vitriol, like so much hate. Like, I I just don't know. It's not, I don't think it's like a perfect movie or a great movie, but I just don't know why it's worth hating. Like, where does this, where does this come from? I don't know if it's like a backlash from him, him doing Black Swan and them expecting that kind of movie from him. So that's like film Twitter though right because I, I i wanted to have this up because i i had my memory uh and you've, you've kind of thrown me to the wolves there uh as a great defender of, of noah that's like yeah i guess i was the only guy that liked it i remember i don't remember if I, even on my own podcast uh, as a rookie if the other two uh, gentlemen liked it or not i felt like i was higher than them um letterbox i pulled up uh, 2.6 is what i'm seeing as Oof. far as the, the ratings uh, but then I go to Rotten Tomatoes, and it has, sorry, I had the top critics up because I don't look at uh, people like us, a bunch of nobodies who somehow got the Rotten Tomato you? credentials, uh, 76%, which is right. higher than Mother, critically. So I actually, I'm like, wait a minute, I thought mm, this was... Interesting. I, I felt like this is more, if there are such a thing, like um, Aronofsky fanboys uh, feeling mm. like this is him stepping out and... Uh, I don't know, uh, trying to, maybe trying to broaden his audience a little bit, certainly from 
uh, monetary point of view, he got a higher budget for this, and though they probably failed, I do think this is his highest grossing film, though. I, th- I felt like even when I looked at that, it was like, oh, that did better mm. than I remember. It did uh, $362 million worldwide, which... Wow. Uh, Aronofsky movie, that's, I'm like, oh, okay. So I, th- I think that's shocking. in America, it was a uh, seen as a disappointment because they, they did mm. not get Passion of the Christ numbers, which I don't really know why they thought Aronofsky doing his Easter release would do those type of numbers um, from a man who hates uh, Jews, because that's, <laughs> that's the ticket right there. <laughs> that's how you make the money. Anti-Semitism, that yeah. is where the money is. Thanks, Matt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's like uh, this one, I think... Uh, is seen as a disappointment uh, if you're doing an Aronofsky month. If so, if you're into his movies, this maybe feels uh, a little bit too mainstream. I actually kind of find it find it interesting that he's trying to graft everything he's done previously and what he would go back to with Mother onto something that's attempting to be uh, a, a wide release, big effects movie with big movie stars. Uh, I, I kind of dig that because I, I think that's it's much more of a delicate balance than something like mother where you're the audience you're aiming for is so small that you're being oh, so yes. hopefully offensive <laughs> to the mainstream. Uh, it seems easier. It seems like more of a layup. I think this is more of a juggling act, something like, uh, I think Scorsese has attempted and certainly, you know, Spielberg, uh, where it's like they're, they're trying to put their own little, uh, obsessions into something that is palatable, uh, to anyone just going to the movies. Like, Oh, what's playing this weekend? Russell Crowe's playing Noah. Let's go check that out. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting you bring up the Rotten Tomatoes and you know, I have IMDb up as I always do for these episodes and the Metascore is like a 68, 68 out of a hundred. So that's, that's pretty good. You know, let's, it's, it's not, I mean, that's like what, like that's, if you transfer it to like stars, that's like three, three and a half stars. It's a solid movie, but it's interesting that like, Maybe from being inundated. There you go. I mean, it was our various rating systems. It's just like we, <laughs> I think right. we maybe all need to agree <laughs> on something. <laughs> just one. Can we just pick one? Whether it's out of 10 or out of five or out of four. Come mm-hmm. on. Yeah. yeah. But I think also just being like, and this will make you happy, being online way too much, I think has, Jesus. I think we it did a wrestling episode on this. Shift. My goodness. Yeah, it creates this shift and you're like, well, everyone hates this movie because everyone I see online, if you bring up Noah, like, man, you know, you you always are like, man, I can't believe people would have that reaction to the fountain. But when I like (laughs) said I was watching Noah, I mean, the hate it's just like coming off my screen. I was like, wow, you guys really hate Noah. Like, it seems like a waste of energy. Um, But I do think like regardless of what you think about the plot of the movie and how it's structured, like visually and like you talked about this kind of spectacle aspect which you need in a noah movie it is about the great flood man that stuff really works for me and so does all the the like imagery leading up to it like the prophetic horrifying dreams that he's having that stuff is great and i think russell crowe is legitimately really good here like you know like i think uh perfectly there's a lot of other noah yes um a man that you know with his particular physicality he can be both hyper masculine and deflated at the same time yes like, i mean you can't <laughs> i i remember uh watching end of days recently for 99 from 99 <laughs> and like arnold a very different movie but i guess also biblical in nature to some degree is it <laughs> same thing it's him fine. playing a man at a crossroads with his faith and like being suicidal and depressed, I was like, "This just does not." It's it's Arnold. Like no, it just doesn't no. work. 
<laughs> Russell Crowe has that ability to where he can look both badass and he can look like, as you said, the town drunk. I, I think from mm-hmm. scene to scene. So having a, a man at that, uh, spiritual crossroads, I think he's, uh, you know, he's not one of my favorite performers. When we, we talked about Nicolas Cage, reference him as a performer. I don't think I ever get like excited about Russell Crowe being in something necessarily. Uh, but I was surprised on rewatch at how much I enjoyed his performance here. I, I would say, you know, my, my problems with the movie more probably lie with, um, you know, I guess, I guess the Homestead characters. Uh, Jennifer Connelly is Oof. the, the beleaguered wife that is telling her husband, please don't kill our, uh, grandchildren. How about you not do that? Uh, I, I mean, she gets to emote, <laughs> right? But it's like, I don't, I feel like she's one of the weaker characters. I feel like, uh, the, the, the Harry Potter, uh, lady. Uh, what is her name? She's never god awful in this movie. I've she's never liked horrible. her. This, no. this may be, and she's, <laughs> we talked about, we talked about, uh, Emma Watson is her name. There uh, yeah. <laughs> a fair amount when we, <laughs> when we, when we did the bling ring, which I really liked. Yeah. Uh, but this might be her worst performance, like, and it's rough to watch. Like, it's just a lot of screaming and a lot of crying. And like, I get it. It is an emotional, <laughs> set of circumstances but even for that I'm always like oh god will you stop you can't kill too he sent us what we need no 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 you can't no I will not be stopped. I know I cannot stop you from that crying. Please don't let them die crying. Let me calm them. Please just let them be at peace. Like Jennifer Connelly, I guess I give a little bit of a pass because there's a little more subtlety to that performance. She's well, not. She's great. also just better. She's just a better actress. She's so. also Jennifer Connelly. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that helps. Uh, but like any time Emma Watson is on screen, I'm just like, oh, can we get back to drowning people? This sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, uh, they're all like you know Ray Winstone's always a delight to see, even if he's the you know he's the one note. Batty. Um, Maybe he's doing he the fits, same thing every movie. It's fine. <laughs> well, he fits much more in line with like uh totally probably mother as a film as like one of those type of characters and that he's yes. so uh he has such tunnel <laughs> tunnel vision for destruction and selfishness. Um it you know, it is nice. I remember when we talked about it on the podcast, I was like, oh, I like this the environmental message we have here. Um, and it's, it's weird to me because I remember some of the criticism was like, oh, there's too much of that. And I'm like, you, what what is the story about though really like it's it's weird to me right. that the religious right would be like none of that we don't care no, don't put that uh, liberal horse shit in our story about the uh, <laughs> you know the end of the world and it's like well <laughs> maybe maybe these two paths need to need to uh, <laughs> to meet here uh, i didn't find it particularly out of line i really like the i guess the the creationism sequence uh, i like uh, the way he mm-hmm. handles that particular uh effect uh i don't know if that's him you know yet again working within the confines of his budget where he's like i want to i want to do a story about the beginning and the end of the world uh here are my limitations his limitations of course were like in the like 130 160 million dollar budget range so not much of a limitation not that limited (laughs) 
It still is crazy though when you think of films that you know get uh, two hundred million dollars and going back to the great Nancy Myers and it's like well they were talking in the kitchen for so long it's like it was gorgeous but why <laughs> <laughs> why did they spend that money there uh, I I I dig all of that I feel like he is able to um, sort of mix different ideas and sort of philosophies together and, and graft them onto a story for me, who's not a very spiritual person as we talked about during Scorsese month and uh, my huge fandom mm -hmm. for last temptation of Christ. Uh, I, I like putting uh, the, the sort of, I guess, human frailty on display. Actually, no, I think about it. Frailty was the movie that was on that episode. Frailty and take shelter. Oh, there you go. So, wow. What an uh, arc for this episode. Well done. Yeah, that's it. That's all we got to say. Uh, go down that episode. I don't know if it's even on the feed anymore. How's that for promoting something? Yeah, probably, pro pro <laughs> probably not. <laughs> it, I think that one of the things I appreciate the most about this movie is Aronofsky's the way he kind of fills the holes in the story that are that have always been there like okay how do you how do you get all these animals on the on the boat and also like how do you build this boat how do you build ass a boat big enough? that's how you get them on the boat <laughs> stop it <laughs> i mean you're not wrong uh but I, I like you know i love the inclusion of these fallen angels because it kind of explains away a lot of things that people will like you know, if you grow up religious, people are always, you know, kind of poking holes in this, trying to ask, like, how did he build this a boat big enough for all the animals on the earth? And it's like, well, in this case, you know, you have, you know, it, it did remind me uh, a little bit of kind of like Lord of the Rings, like Ents stuff going on, like just, you know, with a little rougher edges. Uh, but that stuff really worked. Like them building the ark, I was like, oh, now this actually kind of makes sense. And then the animals kind of being called to it instead of them having to go out and you know find two of every hey, animal because like they know, you know it's who usually time? Time? when we're getting ready to uh to fuck this whole thing up you know <laughs> go to higher ground or whatever so i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, fine with that absolutely. i i do remember being some you know some some jokes uh at at the uh, the ints i guess the rock monsters uh as far as this i, I think he does a smart thing and that he, he kind of gets a lot of the uh the silliness right up at the front and it's like, look, yep. man, we're dealing with the fucking Bible here. Like, they, you got to either buy into it or not. Here yeah, it is. So, it's, <laughs> and I, I could see maybe if you know that's a sensibility you just don't like in films where it's like they're just putting all the exposition up front. But you know, the, your Lord of the Rings call not only for the comparison of these like uh, fantasy like creatures is that because they also had to do the same thing. It's like, all right, here's what the ring is. Here's the war cut here, there, right. you know, you got the nine, uh-huh. Yep. They're going to turn into these weird, uh, you know, horse masters going to the breeders cup and they're going to kill short people. <laughs> got it. Okay. Um, you just have to go with it. And it's like, you know, even on rewatch where I remembered liking this and felt like I might have to come on and defend this with Dave. So I'm already, you know, I'm planning like Belichick. on your heels. Like, okay. <laughs> like how do I, how do I game plan against the Rams and Super Bowl? It's like, okay. So I'm doing this. And when we get to that opening, I'm like immediately like, uh, yeah, this is, <laughs> but you know, once you, he gets it over with quickly and then it's like, okay, now you're just in this world. And once I was in right. the world and once I was in with this particular family, uh, you know, some of the things I, some of the questions I had as the, you know, much renowned, uh, pervert on the show that's always demanding sex on screen. It's like, he's going through like, all right, we're going to be the last human survivors because God has told me everyone else is shit. They've turned this into shit. We're the only ones that can be trusted with it. And these, these animals ass to ass, as I mentioned, uh, on our boat, you got one, you got three sons. Only one of them's hooked up with the Harry Potter lady. And I, I love that the middle child's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Hold on a second. He's he's looking through <laughs> the game plan on the tablet they've given him from from Belichick, and he's minute. like, "Wait a minute now, <laughs> I don't see fucking in this for me, pops. I don't get to fuck ever." <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Your job is going to be to dig a grave for your older brother, who's fucked as much as he wanted, had a whole life of it, nothing else to do. Uh, you might do a with little no bit. With no risk. No pregnancy. Just, of course, you know, Anthony Hopkins comes pregnant. in with his, his crazy wizard, like old Ben Kenobi powers. and uh, I, know, love, does that. I love Hopkins in this movie, because like, <laughs> I, I feel like probably more than anyone else, maybe him and Winstone, like he knows the kind of movies he's in. It's fun. It's like, play. All right, it let's yeah. go. Let's have a good time. Let's root around for berries in the dirt because why not? <laughs> like, just, yep. Bring on the so uh, weird. Bring on the blue it's wave. Like just it's just kind of a wonderfully weird performance from him. Sure. And I feel like I like Russell Crowe a lot in this, but he is taking this very seriously, which suits his character. Yeah, you his probably character have to. Takes everything seriously. Yeah, absolutely. I also like that. You know, you bring up this idea of like, well, you know, no one's going to have any babies and that's that's our plan. Right. And I love that it transforms itself from, oh, we were going to be we're going to populate the earth to like, actually, all people should die. Like, that's the message that no one takes from this. Like, nope, that's it. We're done. It's not like save save a few people and restart the world. It's like we should just leave this to the animals because. We are, we're done. We have it made is, too many mistakes. And and I was like, that is, is not the Bible story I heard. That is interesting. <laughs> very much a darker version, strangely, of like the, the Matrix, where it's like, you know, we are, mm-hmm. we ourselves are the disease here. And would it not just be better off if we were, <laughs> we were I guess, batteries for, for a better, <laughs> higher being that could, could handle things? Because much like in that film... Uh, you know, some, some great monologues in that series as well. I know you hate the, the Matrix series. So you're, you're just like a, a part one, uh, team member. I mean, there's else. some good action sequences in two and three, but, uh, not good movies. But the idea, yet again, like, no. <laughs> Someday we'll do here. the Wachowskis on this show, and it'll just be me like, well, Ugh. <laughs> you know, whenever I guess, um, and we, we'd have to do all the Matrix films, Dave. You realize, I mean, we can't just, I mean, yeah, because do they haven't done one. that many movies. Ugh. Fine. <laughs> I, I guess whenever COVID's over and they finally get out, the the next one would be a, a good time to sort of lead into that. That would be the right um, time. Mm-hmm. But you know, with these sort of end of the world scenarios, I, I guess I always like those storylines when they're they uh, they call uh, humanity's bluff, where it's like you're never fucking happy, you're never happy, and it's like we tried, to, like even the Matrix, we tried to give you the perfect world, as you you know, I guess, or just hanging out in your LeBron James like uh chamber to like rebuild yourself. Uh and when we gave you perfection, you said this sucks. There's got to be something else. Like not quite good enough. <laughs> Too and... easy. <laughs> <laughs> so Noah is saying this. Um and it's it's a strange like family kind of like um vacation road movie where it's like people are like, oh, "Okay, yeah, let's let's go Let's go on a trip. Let's go see the Grand Canyon. Let's do this. Okay, this is going to be a big venture. We're going to do it. Uh, and then the father keeps taking things away from them because he feels like they're asking for too much. <laughs> and one kid is asking, can I please have sex once in my life? Please, God, let me. <laughs> and the mom is like, please don't stab a, a baby in, in, front of, in front of me as I hold my children. It's It's extreme, but... It's funny that those elements are the things that we would accept as like, okay, this is, this is a Bible story. 
but how dare you bring the monsters of rock down for a fight sequence? Like, <laughs> I cannot believe you had the gall, Aronofsky, to do that. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's something I was, I was, I wanted to ask you about as I was watching this movie. Cause like the thing that, you know, at least when I posted about watching this, the thing that people were like, oh, there's, you know, the stupid fight scenes and there's a stowaway and this whole ridiculous plot line with Ray Winstone. I'm wondering if this movie works at all for me if you take that out. If you take it, because that is the conflict. Like the Ray Winstone tribal versus, you know, this this mm-hmm. one family just trying to make it on their own. That's, to me, aside from the special effects, that's what's interesting about that. Like, I don't know what people wanted out of this movie. Because, like, if you tell the Bible story, it's pretty quick. Town drunk, God comes down, says build an ark. He builds an ark. All the animals get on. There's a giant flood. They leave. That's it. That's like three scenes. So if you're going to make a feature-length movie out of this, like, I don't know how you do it without manufacturing some conflict. Right. And well, throwing in this idea of we are poisoned to the earth because it's true. Uh, I don't have any problem with that message, like thrown into a biblical story, because like the whole idea of these biblical stories of God's rage, it's like people are fucking up. And in the case of the Bible story, it's like, well, they're drinking, they're carousing, they're killing each other, blah, blah, blah. And in now times, it's like, well, we're destroying the earth. And if you believe in God, that God created the earth, we're destroying his first creation. Why wouldn't he or she be angry at this? Well, like, so I have no problem with that, but people a lot seem of those to react people, very poorly to that. Not not the the people on Letterboxd, because I assume they're they're not. Um, you know, for the most part, I assume they're not Trump supporters. But of course, if, if you're online now and you you want to point and laugh at the freak show, you're seeing a lot of hey, the end times are upon us again. And I'm like, didn't this wasn't this supposed to happen? Like you know, uh, twelve years ago with Obama coming in yep. when you had to had to yep. deal with the the audacity that a, that a black man could be president of the United and States and at the it? millennium and in two thousand twelve. No, like it's... it's going back to end of days with Arnold. It's it's constant. It's like just you know, get it right. You know, don't don't. You're asking me to arse. <laughs> end it or don't. Nonsense. Fuck off. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> um, but as far as the Ray Winstone thing, yeah, I mean. In a quote unquote like normal story, like if this was not something from the Bible, if it wasn't the story of the ark, I mean, uh, putting animals to sleep on this this endless journey to to find land or not, um, yeah, it's a little ridiculous. Um, it it feels kind of TV like, where it's like the end of an episode, where it's like, no, no, there was one bad guy that survived, and now we're going to reveal he's a stowaway, and like, what's going to happen next, that sort of thing, but. The battle between those two men, and it's all, it's interesting coming off of, you know, the, the election where, uh, these, these fucking idiots think that 78 year old white guy, Joe Biden, who has done nothing. I mean, his, his history throughout his life is crossing the aisle to work with conservatives to try and some, find some happy ground to appeal to people who have gotten everything they've wanted since the, their very birth. Going back to Noah, never fucking happy with anything. Um, <laughs> right. You have Noah and the villain here. Like both of them are going to kill to get what they want. The, the only difference is, I guess, the context is that Winstone is taking, and Noah, his grand gesture, is offering up uh, all that he loves as a sacrifice. But they're still right. going to kill innocents to just right. further their own ego, really. And that's the stuff I'm interested in. So I don't mind. Yeah, it's a little bit. 
of uh of uh you know you have to lean into the idea that Ray Winstone would be the the only villain that matters, the only one that we actually hear speak dialogue is the one that gets to be a stowaway that climbs up the ark. Whatever. It's all about it's very stagey. It's just so we can have those two characters, those yeah. battle of ideas go at it. Um I'm very interested when we get to the mother episode for the people that didn't like that that came out in defense of mother. Very interested. Yeah. In their hypocrisy yeah, and their disgusting <laughs> ways. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do. I mean, I like the Ray Winstone stuff a lot. Um, and him being a stowaway, like, yeah, I could see what you're saying about how that does feel like kind of a cliffhanger episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like the fact that he's the one who puts it in that middle kid's head. Like, sure, you don't want to fuck someday, kid? Like, that's, that's essentially. Uh, his, sounds pretty good, Mr. Process. Winstone. <laughs> and now I'll be like, you know what? A Tubal Cane or whatever your name is. You sound like you're speaking some sense. Uh, I need to listen to this guy. Dad is losing it a little bit. Like, and I do find it interesting too, having been raised religious, that it does feel a little bit like a combination of two biblical stories. Because there's a story of Abraham who like offers up his own son mm-hmm. uh, to God because he's told to. So they kind of combine those two things here. I remember that. I also one. think it's a really yeah because well, uh, Abraham it's a would big be one. the guy. That's... Well, he would be the guy that would get on YouTube and be like. Maybe this new iPhone really will give me COVID. 5G? I guess I gotta believe this. <laughs> I mean, that was always like... on his head told me that's what's gonna happen. When I, when I left the church, uh, like, probably around the age of, like, 12, 13, 14, somewhere around then, that story became very funny to me. Because it's the story of, like, Abraham offering his son, because God told him to, and God going... Ah, just kidding. Uh, I don't really want you to kill him. I just wanted to see if you'd do it. And I was like, oh, it's a trickster god. That's what we're dealing with. And God, uh, <laughs> very much a fan of uh, In the Company of Men. God is Aaron Eckhart in that instance. <laughs> like, I just want to see what sort real. of awful shit I can get you to agree to and right. what you would do. Um, and you talk about a movie I would not feel like watching uh, coming off the Trump years. Because I, I don't really find any of no. the, uh, the willfully ignorant being led to believe and do disgusting things as amusing as I did back in the, I guess, late nineties. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a different time for sure. I think also, you know, going back to kind of the fallen angels and the rock monsters that are clearly the best part of this movie. I think it's also an incredibly smart decision because that way you don't have to have the voice of God. Like you don't have to have this, a borderline comical conversation between you know, a voice in the sky <laughs> and Noah, but instead you have, you have these beings that like, no, no, we know him. Like, this is, <laughs> this is what you need to do. And I'm wondering how different of a movie this would be, not even just the special effects, but if you have a conversation between Russell Crowe and some disembodied deep voice in the sky, like, I think this movie like tips way over into comedy, like unintentionally, if you do that. So I think it's another, like, I think Aronofsky for the movie he wanted to make, he didn't make a lot of bad decisions. I think there's some, there's some issues with the script in terms of the dialogue with these uh, not very three-dimensional characters that he was trying to make in the family. Um, but, like, I think the rest of it is, like, shockingly, like, really, really smart and kind of subtle for Aronofsky. He's doing a lot of really interesting work here that he tips over into being way less subtle in the next movie we're going to talk about. I, I just think it was entertaining. Like, I, you know, I obviously having not seen it since theatrical... Uh, accepting a free digital copy from from you, I didn't. <laughs> I've not gone out my way to support this film uh, in the last six years uh, financially, or I guess with my time. 
but you know, I, I I think that my first take holds. I was like, that was a a good time uh, at the movies this weekend. Strangely, and not, I don't know if that's offensive in itself. Like Bible stories shouldn't be a good time because you know it, it seems like going back to Passion of the Christ, uh, we're just here to watch uh, a snuff film, and you better feel terrible about it. And it's like, well, thank you. Uh, here's my <laughs> ten bucks. I'm glad I did that. Yeah. No, yes. uh, give me the poop monster Do from think- Dogma, please. <laughs> Do you think this is Aronofsky's most most like populist kind of popcorn oh, absolutely. movie? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, and it's crazy yeah. that a movie called Noah would fit into that. But yeah. it does. Like as I'm watching this, I, you know, as I'm watching all the other movies, like I feel like oh, there's all these big ideas I have to think about, and it's like a little effortful. Um, and the big ideas are here in Noah, but I could also just kind of like sit back in my chair and watch this and be like, huh, look at the big rock monster. This rules. Like this. <laughs> You're coming my way, strange. Dave. That's that's how I, I deal with these things. Like these <laughs> movies, uh, even ones that carry a message that can affect you and stay with you, at their core, it's their hucksterism. It's it's come into a dark room, right. or at least we used to, uh, and uh, mm. escape reality for two hours. That's so. This one yeah. is successful in that regard, and I I have to say again, I don't come from any sort of spiritual background. Ignore the accent, not not a wit. Uh, found all those people kind of kind of funny, even as a kid. I think that's <laughs> but they your make mom for good stories. Speaking sometimes. through you, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, absolutely. Organized true. religion. It's for people with no friends. My mom taught me that at an early age. <laughs> it's, you know, not that far off. Um, but yeah, this is a movie that I definitely didn't expect to be because I had only seen it once. I think I saw it. I didn't see it in the theater. I think it, I saw it when it first came to video. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I had a good time. Never thought about it again. Like, okay. Even though I like Aronofsky, Aronofsky a lot. And then coming back to this, I did not expect it to be such a fun watch. Like, I was just like, and all these people who reacted to me posting about watching it were like, oh, oh, God. Like, it was some punishment, you know? And I was like, I don't know what movie you watched. I had a good time, man. This I is, put it up there with, thinking way with too Black hard. Swan. I think, you know, Black Swan's a better movie. And it's one that I have rewatched um, sure. on a pretty regular basis. Uh, but you know, he, all of his films and we're going to, I mean, by God, the next episode is going to be the culmination of this tactic. Uh, he likes that, that heightened, just really any sort of heightened emotion, uh, usually yes. disgust at what you're seeing. Uh, <laughs> I'm not just saying that as far as me watching mother, no, no. but the character, I think usually, he'd be pleased that you would say yeah, that. I mean, I yeah, think that's what he's going for. Yeah. The characters throughout his films are sort of appalled at the state of things. Um, and they have these terrifying visions, real or not, uh, about, you know, what could happen to, to them and the thing that they love. And, uh, I, you know, I prefer Black Swan, lesbians. That would be nice. Where, where were the two of those, Noah, on that? <laughs> I mean, sex without risk. I mean, you're not going to babies. Everybody the, wins. Poor Logan Lerman, still not going to get any. You can still have two lesbians, you know, that's, um, I, but yeah, this one, uh, I, I would say, you know, if we were doing our ranking system, which we're not, thank God, the, the best, you know, uh, favorite, uh, masterpiece, this would only fit into probably favorite category for me yeah, as far as yeah. one that's appealing, but, uh, I'm not going to hang my hat on it unless someone attacks me on Twitter and then I'm going to really go to town and be like, this, is the, <laughs> really this go actually <laughs> is the greatest film of this century, Noah. Uh, then I'll, you know, I'll come back with that nonsense, but yeah, yes, it's good. Absolutely. I, I only wish that this one came after mother as a pick me up. You but. see, you could say it could end on a high note. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. So yeah, uh, Noah, it's uh, it's appealing and it doesn't make you think too much. Put that on the Great. on the poster. That's, Great. We <laughs> like. All right. Um, so as we have referenced many times, the next episode uh, will be the last movie we're going to cover. Uh, we're going to cover Mother, and then we'll have an episode after that with our expert Richard Newby uh, coming back to kind of wrap everything up. Uh, but until then, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter. Our at is at directed by pod. And if you would like to listen to bonus episodes, one of which uh, we have just published, uh, we just uh, we just did a late Halloween episode on Interview with the Vampire on our Patreon. So if you donate to our Patreon, you get extra episodes um, and you also get um, the episodes early if I can manage to edit them early. So you get kind of first crack at things. So if you'd like to do that, you can find us at patreon.com slash a podcast directed by. <laughs>